all of these shutdowns, these premature shutdowns, have increased CO2 emissions. And if you believe that CO2 is causing an environmental crisis, then you would be outraged at anyone shutting down a nuclear plant that is still operational. And you should be. The Rational View is a weekly series hosted by me, Dr. Alan Scott, providing a rational, evidence-based perspective on important societal issues. Produced by Soapbox Media. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Rational View. I'm your host, Dr. Al Scott. In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the discussions going on around the energy transition, nuclear energy in particular, um, and Germany, the environmental laggard uh, currently experiencing protests against their ongoing mining of lignite coal for heat. Germany is a self-styled environmental leader with one of the highest carbon emission electricity grids in Europe. How can this dichotomy exist? Why does Germany think they're doing so well? The reason is, is that they've been told through decades of misinformation from their Green Party that nuclear energy is bad. And they're very proud of having shut down their clean nuclear fleet and building hundreds of billions of euros worth of wind and solar to try to replace it. So I think this is worth exploring a little bit. On, on social media, I've been heavily critical of Germany's energy vend, as they call it, their ideological shutting of nuclear and trying to replace it with uh, wind and solar. Uh, because the fact is, it's made them dependent on Russian gas. And I, I, I tweeted about this uh, before the Russian invasion, saying that the energy vend is going to result in empowering Russia and handing Europe's energy sovereignty to Putin, empowering him to invade the Ukraine, which he subsequently did. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please press like on your podcast app. Follow me at therationalview.ca or on Podbean. Uh, I'd love to hear from you on our Facebook group, The Rational View. I've been following this uh, energy vend on social media and trying to provide evidence to Germans about the benefits of nuclear power in uh, securing an energy grid. From here in Ontario, our energy grid is 60% nuclear. Uh, we used our nuclear power to uh, phase out coal, to basically make the air clean, to prevent all of the particulate pollution from coal burning. Uh, our can-do nuclear fleet, fleet has one of the lowest life cycle uh, emissions profiles of any energy source something like three grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. Uh, it really is an amazing environmental coup uh, to have this nuclear fleet producing clean power 24-7. Why does Germany not, why do Germans not understand this? Well, the Green Parties got into power decades ago. They wrote new textbooks, uh, 
children's stories uh, slagging nuclear, effectively. And when the Fukushima accident happened, it was enough to push public opinion such that Angela Merkel couldn't stop uh, and actually flipped over to allow the shutdown of their world-leading safe well-engineered, you know, German-engineered nuclear fleet. It's the, the best nuclear plants in the world. They just shut them down. They threw away their investment of of billions of euros and instead started throwing hundreds of billions of euros into building solar panels and wind that don't come on all the time. So the problem is that because nuclear is mostly available all the time, uh, you don't need as much backup. Uh the capacity factor of nuclear is in the 90 percentile region, whereas uh, wind is in the you know, 35 percentile typically, and solar is in the 20 or probably below in German, German latitudes, probably 15 to, to 12 percent capacity factor. In other words, that it's only available 12 percent of the time, or, or the average uh, output is 12 percent of the peak capacity, shall we say. So because of that problem, you need some source of backup. Uh, batteries don't exist at a grid scale that are strong enough or that have enough um, capacity to back up an entire grid when there are no other sources. So you need some gas uh, generators running all the time to be ready to ramp up in case the wind stops or a shadow comes across the sun. Um, so where, who is fueling this? Um, misinformation. I wanted to share a little bit of what I encounter in social media all the time and help you to deconstruct some of the arguments that you probably will come across if you dig into this online and you talk to anyone in Germany who's uh, radically against nuclear power. Uh, In fact, there's there's a guy who's been found to be being paid by Greenpeace to spread anti-nuclear sentiment in Europe, uh, Paul Dorfman, uh, and he was tweeting recently about uh, how bad nuclear is. So I I decided to dig into it, and I found an article that he was referencing on a a website called DW.com, and and DW is Deutsche Welle. It's Germany's international broadcaster, one of the most successful and relevant international media outlets. And the article that he was referencing is called Fact Check. Is nuclear energy good for the climate? So let me walk you through this article. Uh, written in uh, November 2021 by someone named Joshua Weber. And I looked on their, the DW.com site, and Joshua Weber is listed as an editor and fact checker, focusing on separating facts from fiction and uncovering disinformation. So let's, let's find out what Joshua has to say about nuclear energy. So here's his article. I'm going to quote his article, and I'm going to go back and forth between quoting his article and and discussing the spin that it, and the rhetoric that's involved in this. And it's it's mind boggling. It it's amazing. So here here's the articles. Supporters of nuclear energy say it can help us wean our economies off polluting fossil fuels. So right off, it's starting. You know, it, it gives it gives us a little bit of of uh, of positive, you know, but it's going to pull the rug out. So let's let's listen. No surprise, it's a heated issue. But what about the facts? Can nuclear power really help save the climate? Uh, 
The latest figures on global carbon dioxide emissions call into question the world's efforts to tackle the climate crisis. CO2 emissions are set to soar 4.9% in 2021, compared with the previous year, according to a study published earlier this month by the Global Carbon Project, a group of scientists that track emissions. In 2020, emissions dropped 5.4% due to the COVID-19 pandemic and associated lockdowns. Most observers expect a rebound this year, but not to such an extent. The energy sector continues to be the largest emitter of greenhouse gases with a share of 40% and rising. But what about nuclear? Supporters of the controversial energy source say it's a climate-friendly way to generate electricity. At the very least, it's something we could use until we're able to develop comprehensive alternatives. In recent weeks, particularly during the COP26 climate summit, advocates have been creating a stir online with statements like, if you're against nuclear energy, you're against climate protection, and nuclear energy is about to make a comeback. But is there anything to it? Is nuclear power a zero emissions energy source? No. Nuclear energy is also responsible for greenhouse gas emissions. In fact, no energy source is completely free of emissions, but more on that later. When it comes to nuclear, uranium extraction, transport, and processing produces emissions. The long and complex construction process of nuclear power plants also releases CO2, as does the demolition of decommissioned sites. And last but not least, nuclear waste also has to be transported and stored under strict conditions. Here too, emissions must be taken into account. So just as an aside, this is all true. This is true of all power sources. And yes, this is part of the nuclear life cycle carbon dioxide accounting that has been done in a lot of cases by several different authors. And they still find that nuclear is one of the lowest life cycle emitting sources out there, as long as you don't make a wild and unsupportable assertions. So back to the article. And yet interest groups claim nuclear energy is emission free. No, they don't. Among them is Austrian consulting firm Enco. In late 2020, it released a study prepared for the Dutch Ministry of Economic Affairs and Climate Policy that looked favorably at the possible future role of nuclear in the Netherlands. The main factors for its choice were reliability and security of supply with no CO2 emission, it read. ENCO was founded by experts from the International Atomic Energy Agency, and it regularly works with stakeholders in the nuclear sector, so it's not entirely free of vested interests. At COP26, Environmental Initiative Scientists for Future presented a paper on nuclear energy and the climate. The group came to a very different conclusion. Taking into account the current overall energy system, nuclear energy is by no means CO2 neutral, they said. Ben Wheeler of the Technical University of Berlin, one of the report's authors, told DW that proponents of nuclear energy fail to take into account many factors, including those sources of emissions outlined above. All the studies reviewed by DW said the same thing. Nuclear power is not emissions-free. Yes, we all agree that nuclear power is not emissions-free. Even the, uh, the Dutch believe that. Uh, the fact is that the UN um, Economic Committee for Europe, the UNECE, uh, looked into uh, the carbon dioxide emissions of all power sources and found nuclear to be the lowest. Lower than solar, lower than wind, uh, in terms of its life cycle. Uh, 
But there are some outliers that still claim nuclear is higher, uh, and some of the assumptions they've been make they've made uh, are real um, howlers. Uh, for example, um, if you go through Mark, uh, infamous MIT professor Mark Jacobson's uh, estimate of of nuclear power uh, CO two emissions, he has a line item in his budget for. Um, uh, the likelihood of global thermonuclear war. He links this to civil nuclear power plants and says, you know, there's a good chance, or he says, there's a chance that we'll have a global thermonuclear war. And, and the um, emissions from this war are, are of the burning of all the world's forests and cities. Uh, so we're going to say, say there's a 10% chance. I, I, I'm pulling this number out of the air. I don't have the report in front of me, but he, he puts some, percentage chance of global thermonuclear war of the burning of all the world's forests and cities as a line item in the life cycle emissions of civilian nuclear power plants. And that's how anti-nuclear people get their stuff uh, published and get these wild estimates into the literature. Ah, so let's go back to the article. So, so, so far the article hasn't been, uh, badly um hasn't been spun too badly but but this is going to change Let, let's listen how much co2 does nuclear power produce now remember um can do is has been estimated about 3.5 grams per kilowatt hour um the ipcc uh estimated nuclear was on the order of 12 grams uh on average per kilowatt hour uh so this is like the the top uh, group of scientists reviewing energy statistics. So let, let's go back to this uh, fact checkers article. Results vary significantly depending on whether we only consider the process of electricity generation or take into account the entire life cycle of a nuclear power plant. A report released by in 2020, 2014 by the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, for example, estimate a range of 3.7 to 110 grams of CO2 equivalent per kilowatt hour. Now, these are just uh, the range of all of the references that the IPCC looked at. Back to the article. It's long been assumed that nuclear power plants generate an average of 66 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour, though Wheeler believes the actual figure is much higher. New power plants, for example, generate more CO2 during construction than those built in previous decades due to stricter safety regulations. Studies that include the entire life cycle of nuclear power plants from uranium extraction to nuclear waste storage are rare, with some researchers pointing out that data is still lacking. In one life cycle study, the Netherlands-based World Information Service on Energy, WISE, calculated that nuclear plants produce 117 grams of CO2 emissions per kilowatt hour. It should be noted, however, that WISE is an anti-nuclear group, so is not entirely unbiased. Uh, this is true. They have part of their mission statement is to uh, basically remove all nuclear power from the world. But this is, this is an interesting uh, discussion here. So they say that it's long been assumed that nuclear plants generate an average of 66 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. It has not. This, uh, this number was pulled out as the, the halfway point between 
extreme estimates of 3.7 and 110 grams. That's, <laughs> it's not been assumed by anyone except people that are trying to twist the data. The IPCC did say that the range was 3.7 to 110, but they said that the most likely number was 14. Okay, they didn't quote this. Mr. Fact Checker didn't even say that. Mr. Fact Checker said it's been assumed it's 66 grams. Well, by anti-nuclear uh, pundits, yes. So let's continue. So then they, they put in a graphic. How does electricity affect the environment? CO2 equivalent and nuclear is in there at 117 grams rather than the IPCC's uh, best estimate of, of 14 or 12, I believe, or the UNECE's estimate of something like uh, 3.5. And now let's continue with the article. However, other studies have come up with similar results when considering entire life cycles. Mark Z. Jacobson, there he is again, director of the Atmosphere Energy Program at California Stanford University, calculated a climate cost of 68 to 180 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour, depending on the electricity mix used in uranium production and other variables. Aside, those other variables include global thermonuclear war. So let's continue. How climate-friendly is nuclear compared to other energies? If the entire life cycle of a nuclear plant is included in the calculation, nuclear energy certainly comes out ahead of fossil fuels like coal or natural gas, but the picture is drastically different when compared with renewable energy. According to new but still unpublished data from the state-run German Environment Agency, UBA, as well as the WISE figures, remember the WISE anti-nuclear group, nuclear power releases 3.5 times more CO2 per kilowatt hour than photovoltaic solar panel systems. Compared with onshore wind power, that figure jumps to 13 times more CO2. When up against electricity from hydropower installations, nuclear generates 29 times more carbon. So this is um, a certain a certain good deal of spin doctoring here, uh, taking anti-nuclear groups' wild estimates and then comparing them to uh, other uh, more accepted estimates of, of other powers. So I, I'm just kind of gobsmacked at this stuff, and I couldn't I couldn't quite believe that this was uh, a reputable publishing uh, group. <laughs> Uh, an international uh, group from Germany publishing this stuff. Let's continue. Could we rely on nuclear energy to help stop global warming? Around the world, nuclear energy representatives, as well as some politicians, have called for the expansion of atomic power. In Germany, for example, the right-wing populist AFD party has backed nuclear power plants, calling them modern and clean. The AFD has called for return to the energy source which Germany has pledged to phase out completely by the end of 2022. So let's just think about that paragraph for a second. Now they are smearing by association atomic energy. The right-wing populist party wants this. This is a right-wing populist party that wants nuclear energy, not us, us good nature-loving greens. And by the way, they didn't phase it out by the end of 2022 because of the fact that the Russians cut off the gas and they couldn't keep the lights on without nuclear energy. <sighs> so th this is this is an example of of spin doctoring, uh, trying to 
taint by association. Let's continue. Other countries have also supported plans to build new nuclear plants, arguing that the energy sector will be even more damaging for the climate without it. This is something like saying, are you still beating your wife? (laughs) Will be even more damaging for the climate without it. (sighs) But Wheeler from Berlin's Technical University, along with numerous other energy experts, sees, takes a different view. Quote, the contribution of nuclear energy is viewed too optimistically, he said. In reality, power plant construction times are too long and the costs too high to have a noticeable effect on climate change. It takes too long for nuclear energy to become available. Mikkel Schneider, author of the World Nuclear Industry Status Report, agrees. Now, just as an aside here, the World Nuclear Industry Status Report is actually produced by an anti-nuclear group that has named themselves as such. Quote, nuclear power plants are about four times as expensive as wind or solar and take five times as long to build, he said. When you factor it all in, you're looking at 15 to 20 years of lead time for a new nuclear plant. He pointed out that the world needed to get greenhouse gases under control with a decade, and in the next 10 years, nuclear power won't be able to make a significant contribution, added Schneider. So let's take this apart. This is this is interesting, and this is a common argument uh, that... When, when people realize that nuclear power actually is better for the environment uh, because it displaces fossil fuels, uh, doesn't need as much uh, backup as, as variable sources, and uh, doesn't need uh, to, to, to have fast-peaking gas supplies on, on standby, on hot standby, in case this, the, the, a cloud goes in front of the sun. So, yes, nuclear plants do take First-of-a-kind nuclear plants do take a long time to build. Um, If you look at the data, the median time to build a new nuclear power plant is in the five- to seven-year range. And uh, in a lot of places, regulations have been built up to make it almost impossible to build nuclear power plants economically. Uh, There's a lot of places have laws against building nuclear some places have laws against mining uranium. Some places have laws against prospecting for uranium. So there's a lot of um, red tape that's been put in place by decades of unopposed anti-nuclear lobbying. So it does make it a long process in some jurisdictions. But once you have sufficient political and public will in place to um solve the climate problem. If we do believe this is a climate emergency, we can get rid of these uh, nuisance regulations and nuclear can be built in five to seven years as as a median. Uh, you can imagine the people that are building SMRs are hoping to, to uh, SMRs being small modular reactors. They're trying to basically productionize the process and, and, and get you these modular things that can come out effectively on a, on a, uh, on a line like, you know, the Model T Fords, you can have uh, reproducible and economical in the future. Uh, they hope to make these things much more economical by by productionizing them effectively. But even that, you don't need to do that. Our, our Canada's can-do uh, technology, our, we, we built 22 reactors in, in something like 22 years. We, you know, an average of one reactor a year. Uh, comparing this with Germany, Germany's energy wind 
over the past 15 years has been building wind and solar as fast as they can. You know, some estimates range from 500 billion to 800 billion euros spent on this uh, energy vend. And what do they have to show for it? Not a decarbonized grid. They're nowhere near France. Now, France had the Mesmer plan back in the 70s and 80s. Over a period of 10 years, they mostly decarbonized their grid by building new nuclear plants. Um, the whole the whole plan was about 15 years in in duration and cost you know a similar amount to the uh, German energy vend in, in present day um, money, similar order, uh, and they are consistently about you know 30, 40, 50 grams CO2 per kilowatt hour at a grid level. Whereas Germany is consistently 10 times worse, 300, 400 grams, halfway to coal, effectively. They're, half of their energy is coal right now. Think of that. You can't say that nuclear is too slow. When we've seen Germany, the, the poster child for the renewable rollout, the energy vend, this, this, is, this is held up as an example of how to... Uh, build renewables quickly and with with huge public support and taking all of the available space they can the best the best spots to put solar panels the best spots to put windmills they've been building this for 15 years they haven't decarbonized their goal has not been reached it doesn't compare in speed to nuclear the data is there and that's the important thing, right? We have data, not models. We know that the Mesmer plan happened in 15 years. Canada, Ontario's uh, nuclear fleet was built in, in 22 years, but there were long delays because uh, demand went down during the Darlington build that was put on hold for several, several years while interest rates were 15%. Marching army uh, costs went through the roof because the political parties put it on hold because there wasn't electrical demand at the time could have been faster. The France Mesmer plan was definitely the poster child for nuclear rollouts. So let's compare the poster child for nuclear rollouts to the poster child for renewable rollouts. And one is clearly, clearly the champion in terms of environmental results. I'm going to go back to this article because it's fun. Continuing, nuclear power, quote, nuclear power is not being considered at the current time as one of the key global solutions to climate change, said Anthony Frogat, deputy director of the Environment and Society Program at the International Affairs Think Tank Chatham House in London. He said a combination of excessive costs, environmental consequences, and lack of public support were all arguments against nuclear power. Lack of public support. Yes, that truly has been a problem. Environmental consequences uh, in, in the case of two events, uh, Chernobyl and Fukushima. Yes, there have been environmental consequences. Have they been overblown? Yes, they have. Cost-wise, um, nuclear is cheaper. System built on nuclear is cheaper than a system, than a Rube Goldberg system built on variable sources, um, storage, uh, fast 
scaling gas plants or peaker plants as they call them uh, and all of the the extra copper wire that you need to cover all that huge area of 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 generation the step-up transformers that you need to get from uh, low voltage pa panels to high voltage transmission um, the system investments that you need to to take care of the problems of variability are, are extreme and uh, if you recall my interview with meredith angwin uh, shorting the grid this is the kind of the highlight of her book uh on this topic is that the grid becomes unstable if if it if it's based on variable sources the electrical grid is a service providing 24 7 power it's not providing uh power just when the sun shines or just when the wind blows and we have to be very cognizant of the costs that a variable source introduces into our system a lot of people will argue uh based on a metric called the the lcoe or the it's the levelized cost of energy so this is a metric provided by uh, an investment firm called lazard and and they basically take all of these different sources and try to estimate the cost per kilowatt hour of of building um and decommissioning even and generating the energy and solar energy is relatively low as a source so is wind energy nuclear energy uh from new nuclear energy is somewhat expensive renewal of old nuclear energy is is also very cheap but the fact is that it's not this metric doesn't give any value to availability of power for the power to be there when you need it on a cold dark winter's night for example what would you pay to have heat in your home on a cold dark winter's night when the wind's not blowing what's the value what's the added value of that an, an analogy that i like to that i've heard that i really like is um it's like comparing the cost of a tent to the cost of a house Yes, a tent looks very economical compared to a house. But you would laugh at someone that, that said, you should not be buying houses. Tents are better. Because you understand the fact that a tent is only good when the weather is nice. Just like variable power is only good when the weather is nice. Now, don't get me wrong. Variable power has a niche. It is useful in in small isolated communities that don't have access to a grid it is useful if you're out in the backwoods somewhere on, by on your own and you have the money to buy the sources and the batteries and set it all up it's it's it does have very good uses and it is very low carbon emission don't get me wrong 40 grams per kilowatt hour of the solar panel life cycle is not is not bad compared to 900 grams from coal or 450 grams from gas. Uh, you know, this is a low emission technology. I am not against wind and solar. I am against wind and solar being used to replace nuclear, which is a better way to get rid of fossil fuels. So let's think of this LCOE cost levelized cost of, of energy is not apples and apples. It's apples and oranges. It gives no value 
for the system costs of backing up variable energy. So back to the article. This is fun. Nuclear funding could go towards renewables. Due to the high costs associated with nuclear energy, it also blocks important financial resources that could instead be used to develop renewable energy, said Jan Haverkamp, a nuclear expert and activist with environmental NGO Greenpeace in the Netherlands. Those renewables would provide more energy that is both faster and cheaper than nuclear, he said. Woo! The lie is strong with this one. Okay, back. Back to the article. Every dollar invested in nuclear energy is therefore a dollar diverted from true urgent climate action. In that sense, nuclear power is not climate friendly, he said. Now, this is a case of uh, Greenpeace being doubling down on discredited um, stuff that they've said over the years and just not not wanting to look at the facts, I think. These people have been uh, anti-nuclear for a long time. They've, they've basically made their brand and are, are living with it. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until um, the next generation comes along to, to get rid of some of the sentiment, I think. Back to the article. In addition, nuclear energy itself has been affected by climate change. During the world's increasingly hot summers, several nuclear power plants have already had to be temporarily shut down or taken off the grid. Power plants depend on nearby water sources to cool their reactors, and with many rivers drying up, those sources of water are no longer guaranteed. Now, aside, yes, this is true. Some Nuclear reactors have been shut down due to regulations of not heating the water too much because it does uh, kill fish if the water gets too hot. This is a problem with certain rivers, a small fraction of nuclear power plants. This is not a problem with nuclear power plants in oceans or nuclear power plants with air cooling stacks, air cooling stacks. There are other ways to cool your reactor other than getting water from the river. You can build new nuclear reactors or new cooling towers that use air exchangers. They're more expensive. They take more uh, space to to cool off their their waste heat. It's not a panacea, but it it can be addressed. And the fact is that the downtime from um, river heat warnings is a very small fraction. It does not decrease the availability factor of nuclear to anywhere near that of of wind and solar. It's still, you know, even in France where they had rivers overheating and they had a significant fraction of their fleet down for maintenance and repairs when they decided to go back into nuclear, um, they were still operating with capacity factors above 50% for their whole fleet, which is, you know, it's not great, but it's pretty darn good compared to, to 25 or 15% 15% for solar. In fact, uh, if you think about uh, innovative ways to cool uh, nuclear power plants, waste heat, uh, the Palo Verde plant in Arizona actually uses uh, wastewater from the city to be extremely uh, efficient with its uh, water cooling resources. And back to the article. The much vaunted renaissance of nuclear power is anything but when all the facts are taken into consideration. 
Mikkel Schneider told DW. He said the nuclear industry has been shrinking for years. In the quote, in the last 20 years, 95 nuclear power plants have gone online and 98 have been shut down. If you take China out of the equation, the number of nuclear power plants has shrunk by 50 reactors in the last two decades, Schneider added. The nuclear industry is not thriving. Well, he's right there. There has been a concerted effort, especially in uh, Germany and Austria, to shut down nuclear. In Australia, it's outlawed. There are a lot of places where anti-nuclear advocates have been allowed to infiltrate government and put nuisance regulations in place. California has has shut down their San Onofre plant. Um, in nuclear, in New York, the Indian Point uh, nuclear plant has been shut down. In Michigan, the Palisades plant has been shut down. All of these shutdowns, these premature shutdowns have increased CO2 emissions. And if you believe that CO2 is causing an environmental crisis, then you would be outraged at anyone shutting down a nuclear plant that is still operational. And you should be. And you should be arguing about it. If you've ever seen those uh, graphs uh, that they show uh, about, you know, what you can do to decrease your carbon footprint, like uh, bicycle instead of driving to work, and you can save a you know, so many tons of CO2 or, or switch to a vegetarian diet and save another few tons of CO2. But if you were to, if you were, for example, involved in Canadians for Nuclear Energy, like uh, I have been, uh, and you were responsible for extending the lifetime of the Pickering nuclear plant by one hour, You've offset your lifetime CO2 emission footprint. One hour. They were going to shut Pickering down in 2024. And we've got the government to reconsider that and look at refurbishing it for another 40 years. Think about that footprint savings. I'm pretty proud of that, by the way. So going back to the the fun German anti-nuclear article. So then there's a, a, a graphic, how much does electricity cost in the EU? And there's a graph of wind farms and solar panels, really small, natural gas, a little bit bigger. And so there's, there's production cost using new large-scale power plants. And there's also consequential cost to health, environment, and climate bars, uh, very small for both wind farms and solar panels. Natural gas, the environmental cost is... Uh, is pretty big. It's 31 cents per kilowatt hour. Hard coal, anthracite, it's 69 cents per kilowatt hour uh, of environmental damage. Brown coal, lignite, 76 grams uh, per, or 76 cents per kilowatt hour of uh, environmental damage. And at the bottom of this graph is nuclear with more than 76 cents per kilowatt hour of consequential costs to health, environment, and climate. And I was like, how did they get this number? Why did they think the the environment and climate costs of nuclear are that big? So I wanted to dig into this, and I did. And at the bottom, it has sources, Fraunhofer Institute for Solar Energy Systems, German Environment Agency, and the German Institute for Economic Research. And uh, I dug into this. A little bit. And what did I find? Well, 
I went to uh, the web and used my friend Google and put in some of those words into a search bar. And what did I get? So I found a document from Umweltbundesamt in Germany, which is another word for the German Environment Agency. And this is a, a it wasn't a, a recent document, uh, but it was looking at, um, it had a section on the environmental costs uh, of, of these things. And, if, and it had, for the year 2010, the results were as follows. Electricity mix in Germany with nuclear energy and 7.8 euro cents per kilowatt hour. And then uh, only 7 cents without nuclear energy. How all these things, but there was a note, a little note number there in the costs. Note 9. And I went down to the bottom of the document uh, to find Note 9. And what is what is Note 9? And it says, and I quote, The rule from the Methodological Convention, UBA 2012, is used here to assess the environmental costs of nuclear power. So here we go. We're going to find out what this rule is that they use to show that nuclear coal, nuclear power had more environmental and health costs than lignite coal, the worst environmental thing. So here's the rule. In view of the wide range of estimates of the environmental costs of nuclear energy, the emissions are assessed by applying the emission factors of the technology with the highest environmental costs that can be estimated precisely, which in this case is lignite. <laughs> Can you imagine? So instead of trying to put your hand over your heart and calculate the emissions of nuclear, they made a rule that said if you're going to calculate the environmental impact of nuclear, we should assess it with as the as equal to the technology with the highest environmental costs that can be estimated precisely. So we're just going to say it's the same as lignite coal. <laughs> we're going to pull this number out of our asses and publish it. And people like Dorfman are going to quote this and put it on the web. Jeez. Oh, Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you learned something. Um, it's been fun going through this horrible document. Uh, and I hope I hope you learned something. Thank you. If you'd like to follow up with more in-depth discussions, please come find us on Facebook at The Rational View and join our discussion group. If you like what you're hearing, please consider visiting my Patreon page at patreon.podbean.com slash The Rational View. Thanks for listening.